September 10th. Our reading of the New Testament today takes place in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 16 through 33, where we're going to see that Paul compares himself to a father with obligations to his spiritual children, and he offers protection. Spiritual leaders must protect the church from false teachers who are like suitors trying to seduce the church from devotion to Christ. Beware losing your love for Christ and for those who helped you trust the Savior. And he'll speak about provision. Paul had the right to receive financial support at Corinth, but he laid it aside and sacrificed for them in love. We'll read about suffering. Paul mentioned his sufferings only to defend the gospel and the authority of his ministry. The false teachers bragged about their triumphs, but Paul boasted about his trials. William Temple wrote that the principle of sacrifice is that we choose to do or to suffer what, apart from our love, we should not choose to do or suffer. When love is returned, this sacrifice is the most joyful thing in the world, and heaven is the life of joyful sacrifice. But in a selfish world, it must be painful, and the pain is the source of triumph. And now let's begin reading today in the New Testament. September 10th, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 16 through 33. Once again, don't think that I, Paul, have lost my wits to talk like this. But even if you Corinthians do, listen to me, as you would to a foolish person, while I also boast a little. Such bragging is not something the Lord wants. But I am acting like a fool. And since others boast about their human achievements, I will too. After all, you who think you are so wise, enjoy listening to fools. You put up with it when they make you their slaves, take everything you have, take advantage of you, put on airs, and slap you in the face. I am ashamed to say that we were not strong enough to do that. But whatever they dare to boast about... I'm talking like a fool again. I can boast about it, too. They say they are Hebrews, do they? So am I. And they say they are Israelites? So am I. And they are descendants of Abraham? So am I. They say they serve Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in jail more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jews gave me thirty-nine lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled many weary miles. I have faced danger from flooded rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on stormy seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be Christians, but are not. I have lived with weariness and pain, and sleepless nights. Often I have been hungry and thirsty, and have gone without food. Often I have shivered with cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this... I have the daily burden of how the churches are getting along. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? 
who is led astray, that I do not burn with anger? If I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows I tell the truth. When I was in Damascus, the governor under King Aretas kept guards at the city gates to catch me. But I was lowered in a basket through a window in the city wall, and that's how I got away. I'm going to preach a message tonight that has angered many, many churchmen. It seems we would rather hold on to a false hope than to hear the truth. I hear people all over the world, and especially in this country, tell me that they're saved. And I ask them, how do they know that they're saved? Well, because they believe. How do you know that you believe? Well, I know in my heart of hearts that I am saved. The Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Do you really want to trust a heart that can be wicked? Take the Word of God and what the Word of God says about a true Christian. And if you fall short of the test, repent. One of the greatest evidences a person is truly a child of God is that they will be sensitive to the sin in their life. And they will be led to repentance and confession of that sin you don't have a new relationship with sin, you don't have a new relationship with God. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you wept over your sin? We're not talking about whether or not you need to rededicate your life tonight. We're talking about whether or not you need to get saved. Do you tremble at His Word or do you look for loopholes around it? Here stands God on the day of creation. He looks at stars and He says, All you stars, move yourself to this place and start in this order and move in a circle and move exactly as I tell you until I give you another word. And they all obey Him. Planets, pick yourself up and whirl. Make this formation at my command until I give you another word. He looks at mountains and He says, Be lifted up and they obey Him. He tells valleys, Be cast down and they obey Him. He looks at the sea and says, You will come this far and the sea obeys. And then He looks at you and says, Come and you go, No. Does anybody have a problem with that? The greatest evidence that you're a Christian is the fact that right now you're in the Word and God's pointing out to you your sin. We have assurance that we have come to know Him not just because one time we repented, but we are continuing to repent today. And it is not just that at one time we believed, but that we are continuing to believe today. And it is not just at one time we walked with Him, we continue to walk with Him today.
affliction is that they are not entrapped or enslaved to the things of this present evil age, but they are set free to see Christ in His glory and follow Him and follow hard after Him. How do you know that you believe? Psalm 54, verses 1 through 7. David had not bothered the Ziphites, yet they turned against him to win favor with King Saul. The world does not love God's people, and even strangers will create problems for you while you seek to serve the Lord. Do what David did. Pray for God to take charge, protect you, and vindicate you against your enemies. God hears and God helps. When the answer comes, be sure you take time to praise the Lord. Psalm 54, verses 1 through 7. For the choir director, a meditation of David. Regarding the time the Ziphites came and said to Saul, We know where David is hiding, to be accompanied by stringed instruments. Come with great power, O God, and rescue me. Defend me with your might. O God, listen to my prayer. Pay attention to my plea. For strangers are attacking me. Violent men are trying to kill me. They care nothing for God. But God is my helper. The Lord is the one who keeps me alive. May my enemies' plans for evil be turned against them. Do as you promised, and put an end to them. I will sacrifice a voluntary offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For you will rescue me from my troubles and help me to triumph over my enemies. Proverbs 23, verses 1 through 3. When dining with a ruler, pay attention to what is put before you. If you are a big eater, put a knife to your throat. And don't desire all the delicacies. Deception may be involved. <laughs>